This week, we'll look at how the Edmonton International Airport is a testing ground for new ideas. Plus, Startup TNT has named the top 20 companies for its clean tech summit, and Amy is offering bursaries to attract talent to the city for AI Week. Hi, I'm Faiza Ramji. And I'm Emily Rendell Watson, and this is Bloom, the podcast about innovation in Edmonton. So as we prepared for and recorded the first couple episodes of Bloom, the Edmonton airport has kept popping up and it's become somewhat of a testing ground for new ideas like drone wildlife management, autonomous airport security and energy efficient aircraft heaters. We wanted to find out how and why the airport has become a hub for innovation. To dig into this today, we have Tara Mulrooney joining us on Bloom. She's the Vice President of Technology and Innovation at the Edmonton International Airport. Hi, Tara. Hello. Thank you for having me here today. Thanks for joining us. So we're going to hit you with a real deep one to start with, maybe the obvious question. Why is the airport such an ideal place for innovation? We like to think of the airport, and I I think many people may not realize, but we're really a small city. And so we have real estate, we have commercial developments, we have waterways, we create our own um, energy. And of course, we also have our big aviation and cargo sectors, uh, the, the core purpose of our airport. And so that gives us this really great test bed where we can try things um, really that any larger city or smart city could do, but in a, in a smaller context. The other piece about the airport that, that's really interesting is it's a, a very highly regulated environment. So that need to always put safety first and, and think about those priorities. Make sure that the testing, if it can work in the airport, it can really work anywhere. So I think that combination of sort of uh, criteria help But then the third thing is that we embed it in our operations. So if any of you have uh, met any of the leadership or worked with us at the airport, I would say that every one of of us are entrepreneurs at heart. And we really look at how can we solve problems differently? Um, How can we solve them through collaboration, technology, just changing the question? Um, so, So I think it's also about the culture and the people at the airport that make it a great place to try innovation. Tara, you know, you mentioned a few things that I think people don't really realize when they think about the airport. Um, Many of us, when we think about the airport, we just think about getting through security, going through the counter, finding a, a, you know, food or beverage to get before we jump on the plane and then going somewhere. But there's so much more to the business of running an airport in terms of how do planes get loaded and unloaded? How do you think about the way that you manage the land? All all these things that factor in that we as consumers or travelers don't really see. Can you give people kind of a broad perspective on how the airport works and the different parts of the business? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll start with we're really an ecosystem. And, and again, that's something maybe folks don't realize. But within the airport and the airport city, um, which is the extension of our airport. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, We actually have to collaborate and work with a whole group of stakeholders. So all the airlines, of course, and their their departure control systems, their processes, Um, our partners from CBSA and USCBP, so our customs and immigration folks, Uh, There's other agencies like CATSA who actually manage the security um, lines and security processes at the airport. And then, of course, NAV Canada, who actually helps manage 
you know, the flight paths and, and, and uh, departures and arrivals for aircraft. And, and then kind of broader, just from our actual airport itself, we have all kinds of partners, whether they're ground crews, uh, whether there are cargo facilities, um, we have um, retail, commercial, we have innovation hubs, we have a casino, we have a racetrack, we have parking services. It, it's really quite a, a, a diverse and interesting business. And I'd say that where we kind of start when we think about what do we invest in and, and what do we focus on, I'd say it really is about growing economic prosperity for the region. So it isn't that we're just doing real estate development for profit. That, that isn't our goal because we're a not-for-profit organization. But we try to connect. And, and I think the Edmonton Airport is just amazing at being that connector. Maybe it's an agricultural company trying to get their product to an international market. And we can help them connect to the right cargo providers, to maybe the right uh, manufacturers, right, um, to help do that sort of connection. So, so it's a lot about us being that, that sort of fulcrum to help connect different parts of the region, different municipalities, different businesses together. D- does that answer your question? Yeah, it it does actually. I was thinking about it from a more narrow perspective, but I think you've given a broader one, which kind of makes me feel like there's even more than I realized. Because one of the things I was thinking about is just what happens inside the walls of the airport or in inside maybe the airspace, you know, like thinking about things like logistics. I mean, it's a fairly big space. So even getting things around, like getting bags from on an airplane to the to the belt or things like that. You know, are there some things that kind of surprised you when you got into the airport business? Yeah, yeah. Well, baggage is great. And and what's really interesting about that is that there is a whole um, set of messaging and information sharing that are going back and forth to make sure that those bags get to where they need to be and get to the connections and get to the passengers. And and again, I don't think folks are aware of that. I, th- I think people see, you know, maybe a little truck coming out to the plane and then, you know, putting it on those baggage belts. But there is a whole complex system behind that and and rigorous security, right? Um, you know, if, especially if you look at international to domestic arrivals or departures, you, th- these bags have to be um, scanned. They have to go through customs processes. Obviously, you know, because of potential threat, it's a very rigorous set of controls. Yet we also have to get those bags to those passengers for those next flights. So I think you'd, people would be really surprised at the level of technology and information management and the complexity that that goes on behind the scenes. I love that you kind of set up the airport as at the heart of it all. Um, I, I hadn't thought about an airport like that too. I think, you know, when we we talked a little bit before this conversation about this preconceived notion of the airport really just being somewhere that you travel in and out of. But I think you you really like placing it kind of how it's at the heart of the region in a lot of ways is really fascinating. You mentioned that the airport is a not-for-profit. It, how common is that? And, and why does that matter for all of this? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, so all Canadian airports, actually, through a change that happened um, from being federally controlled, 
in the 90s were made not-for-profit authorities. Um, and we have a board which is selected through appointers. And that board includes uh, municipalities, of course, there's provincial and federal representatives, and then business representatives. If, if you want to look at, uh, you know, the leadership of the Edmonton Airport on our website, when you look at that list of folks, we're really fortunate because we have some incredibly effective leaders to help, you know, guide and mentor sort of our approach. But why that's important is, so first of all, airports aren't funded through taxpayers, you know, as a primary revenue source. And I think that's great because it encourages the airport to be self-sustaining. Um, you know, we are encouraged to, to grow ancillary revenues through, as an example for us, our airport city efforts to try to cover the costs of managing what is a really expensive uh, set of infrastructure, you know, the terminal itself. And, and then, of course, through passenger fees, which may not be as popular, but are important. You know, one of the things that I learned as I joined the airport is, you know, when you look at a runway, uh, I think a lot of us just think, well, how hard could that be? How expensive could that be to maintain? It's just pavement. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, even <laughs> even the, the way we de-ice a runway, um, there are two suppliers of very specific types of sand um, that can be used in, in the whole country. And, and it's because of that safety. Think about it, right? An airplane is landing or taking off from that runway. You have to make sure that, that the pavement you know, clearance, the, the thickness, how that, that runway is managed, it's a real science. And, and so I think just folks maybe don't understand the, the infrastructure requirements and, and the, the, all that goes into making sure everyone's safe. One of the things I was thinking about when you have been talking about airport as like like the airport city and then the fact that it's like a mini version of a city and then thinking about how it's outside of the Edmonton proper I guess and part of the larger region yeah. as as customers or as travelers living in Edmonton we always kind of complain about the fact that we have to drive so far to get to the airport and things like that but based on some of the things that you just talked about how do you see the airport as part of like this larger region and how important do you think it is that the airport is actually outside the city itself and is is more of a prominent part of the region we have some tiers of sort of you know focus from a from a airport city perspective and one of them of course is agriculture and you know we're we're so rich and we have so many wonderful opportunities to help expand those businesses. And, and, and of course, a lot of that agricultural development happens outside of the city of Edmonton, right? So, so working with, with our county of Leduc and Beaumont and other areas, you know, just really helping bring the, those products, I think, has really helped um, the airport grow. I, I also think people are unaware of sort of, you know, the noise factor of an airport, right? So there's regulations around what they call RESA, and it's, you know, the levels of noise in that. And again, by us being a little bit outside of the city, that allows us to be a true 24 by 7 airport, an international airport, and we don't have curfews. And one of the trends that you may start to see as you're, as you're looking at some of the other airports and other parts of the world is those noise pieces start to create restrictions on sort of what can, you know, what growth the airport can expect. So, so I think it's actually very strategic for us to be out here. Now, maybe I'll put a plug in. We'd love to see better transportation to the airport, of course, right? Um, we'd love to see a better connector through rail or through something to the downtown core, like many cities. And so I think 
um, if we can encourage the city of Edmonton and the province to really invest in that connector, then I think you'll also see just more transit into the airtropolis and the, and the whole area. You've talked about a lot of expansive ideas and a lot that the airport needs to look at and think about. So when I bring it back to innovation specifically, what do you think are the biggest challenges that the airport needs to solve right now? Yeah, it's a great one. So we're we're obviously focused very, very much on sustainability. And although we're not an airline, um, we are part of a strong commitment to look at how do we decarbonize, right? The airport, and, and that includes, you know, the folks who operate within our airport. Some of the innovation that we've done there, um, and I think probably folks are aware, but we created, you know, our own natural gas cogeneration facility. And that's a pretty bold decision. And, and I think something that I'm sure most airports wouldn't have undertaken. But we really saw this as a huge opportunity to, to um, you know, reduce our energy usage, which is primarily electricity. I think that it's um, actually in the last 10 years, we've reduced our electrical footprint within the terminal by 50%. And with this cogeneration facility, you know, that again helps us offset and use, um, you know, natural gas rather than than other forms of uh, carbon. And then the other big one is, you know, encouraging and bringing in the solar farm that's that's getting built at the airport city. And that gives us an opportunity to actually use some of that solar power to, again, really reduce our carbon emissions. So this isn't about just buying carbon offsets, right? This is actually trying to do significant things that can make our airport um, and our terminal carbon neutral. That, that's our goal. So, so I think that's a huge focus for us. Another big focus, and, and as a woman, I, I think it's really, really important, is our commitment to diversity and inclusion. A lot of people, again, you know, talk about that and there's counts and things, but I, I'm really proud of, of the airport. You know, at, at our executive table, for example, Tom and, and his leadership, we're, we're 50-50, right, from a, from a female-male perspective. And you see that echoing throughout the organization. It isn't, it isn't a notion, right, at our board level. Again, a real strong commitment to diversity and inclusion. And I think people forget the value of diversity, right? It isn't about uh, counts. It's about, it's about you get better solutions. You get better outcomes when you have folks who have different perspectives. To me, that's such a huge thing. And, and maybe in Alberta, something that isn't very strong. I, I grew up in British Columbia in a much more diverse environment. And, and I really think that, you know, provinces, countries, organizations just benefit so much through that diversity. So, so those are a couple of big things. And then when we look at, you know, innovation from a sort of how do we co-create, I, I think it starts with our problem definition, right? So I'm a tech person yeah. and yeah, I think there's a lot of technology leaders who actually think innovation is technology. I don't um, agree with that. I think innovation is about getting to what the real problem is, not the symptoms, and then really stepping back and saying, well, why is that a problem? How is that a problem? And can we actually change that into an opportunity? Is there a way to actually not just fix the problem, but maybe actually see it in a different way? And and so a lot of what we do starts with this growth mindset, this optimism about there aren't problems, there's opportunities. And and again, that's that's just part of our culture, right? It, it's always how do we turn something that might be a negative into a positive? 
Well, I love that definition of innovation. And uh, Me too. <laughs> I, I said it, yeah, I said it before we jumped on here, but like, I'm a big fan of any of the folks that I've met at the airport. And Tara, I think this is the first time you and I have spoken and I'm adding you to my list of, of folks I love. Cause I, I think, you know, again, technology is a great enabler and a great tool for us to use with innovation. But, you know, knowing that we also have a really rich history in this province that goes beyond just technology, I think there's like, we're, we are problem solvers and we've been problem solvers for years and centuries. So, or maybe not centuries, I guess, decades. So I think it's really, it's a really great and inclusive view of innovation. So I, I really like that. Thanks. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, you know, I've been a technologist all my career, but really came at it from a business perspective and, and agree, love technology, passionate about what it can do, but, you know, be really careful, make sure you know what the problem is, make sure you've looked at process redesign, or can you just remove the problem, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why is it a problem? And maybe it, it isn't, and maybe we we just aren't dealing with something we should be dealing with and, and do start there first. And, and so I think I was a little hesitant when, when my title was changed to innovation, because I thought, Oh goodness, you know, I don't want it to look like it's technology driven because it's not um, innovation at our airport is really built into our, into every operational piece and, and every person at the airport. And the best ideas come from staff and, and come from, the people that that actually work those those problems, right? And and so that's um, really important, I think, as people look at investing in innovation or or whatnot. Don't just create an office of innovation, or hire a whole bunch of technical people, or or shall I say, God forbid, buy an ERP system and think it will solve your problems, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tara, you talk about you know this idea of integrating innovation and encouraging it at all levels and and not just coming from leadership. So how are you supporting that in terms of doing that within the the organization at the airport? And I know that you mentioned maybe like a dragon's den type uh, style in terms of that approach. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'll share with you that, you know, the first thing is to create some folks who can leverage some techniques, right? Like, so things like lean or things, you know, business process, re-engineering, just, just people who can look at continuous improvement and ask the right questions when people come up with an idea. And so starting with this sort of what's the problem on a page, right? And then really making sure we understand what it is and, and what the benefit or outcome could be, right? Um, and so we, we've started with our team and we're, we're certifying them in all these things that aren't techie, that are really about those types of skill sets. And then what we want to introduce is this again, organic ground roots opportunity where maybe twice a year, because again, we're, we don't have infinite capacity, but take two of those ideas and then, you know, flush out, okay, what does it really look like? And then go to the community and would love to focus on on the Edmonton community, on Alberta startups. I, I actually came from Calgary, um, originally from Vancouver, but um, I, I see us as one province. I, I, I have to admit, I, I'm not sure why we have this sort of, we don't understand that together we can do more from an international perspective. So we'd really like to then engage them on sort of an open community to say, okay, how could we solve this? Give us your ideas and then pick one and, and you know, work through that and see if we can either create a solution, learn from it that maybe that wasn't the right thing because it's okay to fail. Um, and then if it's really good, 
well, hey, maybe there's a commercial opportunity where we can help that startup grow and get more customers in the aviation sector or in one of our smart city type sectors. So so really looking forward to that. And I think for, for me, what will be great about that is just allowing folks without a lot of budget to solve their own problems and give them some of that those enabling capabilities. And and then just, you know, to to that creativity, right? Creative thinking, I think, I think we stifle it in business. I think we tend to want everything very organized. And that creative mind needs to have opportunities to try things. I think you're talking about a lot of things that when you you think about the airport as this mini city of sorts and being able to test things there and, and see how they work and how they could be scaled. When you think about all these learnings and data that's being gathered through these experiences at the airport, how can that be applied within cities? I think about community. You know, again, I I work for the oil and gas regulator, which wasn't government, but an agency, right? I have to say we were so structured that there wasn't a lot of opportunity, again, to bring up ideas from others. And so if I were working in the city, I would be really trying to bring forward community ideas. But then it's not just enough to say to the community, how would you solve this problem of our city? But then help them articulate that in in a way that you can get to an ROI, that you can get to the value proposition. And so support them with those capabilities. Rather than the city trying to innovate, I think there's just brilliant people out there and and really publish the, the problem right? Like put it all out there. Say, here's the problem. We're not sure how to solve it. Give us your ideas. And if we, and if, you know, we'll vote on it, maybe the community gets to vote and then let's try to, to realize it. You know, how do we get governing back into the hands of the people who actually are being governed? Okay. So then when you think about broadening that in terms of not just applying that at the city level, but also broadening it across the country and collaborating how does that play a role in what you're doing right now? Yeah, that's that's a great thing. So what we what we started, which is really exciting, is airports didn't really work together a lot. So not to say that we never did, but I would say it wasn't a focus, especially on the technology side. My colleague um, from Toronto, Pearson, Martin Boyer, he's the CIO there, um, started to say, you know, hey, why aren't we working together more? Like, like why? <laughs> especially with COVID, I think COVID has been such a catalyst for us to say, you know, we, we have to save money, we have to economize. And so we started this um, consortium, uh, you know, and it's a loosely sort of coupled consortium and it's Toronto Pearson and, and Montreal and ourselves initially. We've now added Calgary and Vancouver airports to that group. And we actually are doing joint planning and looking at opportunities to work together. And the first one that that's actually in the process of being realized, which is really exciting, is we looked at check-in and the whole process around check-in and why are we buying different technologies? Why are we, why is every kiosk different? Why, you know, how can we make a, that good economies of scale decision where we can buy in quantity and, and save some money for everyone, but also how can we harmonize the passenger experience? So can we, especially with all the changes in airports from the COVID requirements, help make that process the same? Now, it might not be identical, right, but similar. If we can make that more user-friendly, 
I think it will make people feel more confident to start traveling together. And so we've started with with that project. We're really excited about it. And, and then we're looking, you know, how far can we go? Can we even look at sharing some services? Um, maybe there's a, a level of expertise in one area around AI or another area around cybersecurity. And could we create a center of excellence within one of those airports and then actually share that service? So even though we're not government, just looking at ways to collaborate and learn from each other and recognize there's so much out there that we need to do. And can we leverage each other's uh, capabilities to do it better and smarter? I, I love that uh, that thinking and, and the collaboration makes sense because there's so many I mean, you kind of depend on each other as airports when it comes to the passenger experience and even probably some of the back end around getting airspace cleared or, or you know, I'm just pretending to know lots about airports, but, you know, some of these back end uh, logistics that we don't think about as passengers. And, you know, back to your innovation mindset and this idea that you just need to look at a problem with a different perspective that's why collaboration makes so much sense because you all are kind of looking at the same problems. And if someone figures out the answer, yeah. it's great to get, you know, some, some shared benefit from that, or it's better to put more minds around it rather than trying to each tackle it separately. So that that's fantastic. Yeah. And so when I think about some of this innovation, but also what you, when you talked about the benefits of having the airport uh, within the region and you know how it contributes to a thriving region, I read that the airport city was responsible for more than a billion dollars of private investment since 2013 into the regional economy. Is that big compared to other airports in Canada? And, and how do you see that continuing to grow? So I do know that we have, I think, probably the largest and most mature airport city in Canada. I can't confirm for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that we are the best <laughs> from an Edmonton perspective in, in that area. And, and we are actually looking for significant growth. And again, though, not just for a, a profit perspective, right? It's really about what makes sense. Um, you know, bringing in that solar farm so that we can benefit from that from a sustainability perspective that's important and it, it and they match our values we we try to look at where can we have a, a value connection not just boy that tenant would pay a lot of rent right mm-hmm. and that's a bit challenging right because because of course we do want to make money and 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 offset our costs but on the flip side you know it's always about that bigger broader good Right now, and, and Myron and I, and, and I know that you know our VP of commercial, Myron Keane, you know, he's already made such great headway in, in having our advanced technology center there. And and we have our friends from ACAMP there. And we're trying to figure out how can we even create more of that tech hub there. And again, not just for the airport, but because we think that the environment is such a great incubator for them to try things. So, so we're looking to encourage that kind of thing. I've been in talks with an organization where, you know, they create a 5G or 4G plus sort of simulation lab. And could we get that into our airport city, which then would allow others in airport city to leverage that capability to expand their, their products and their services. So it, it's that kind of uh, growth that we want to see. And then when we look at, you know, manufacturing, because we we do have a free trade zone, which, you know, reduces sort of the challenges from customs and, and cargo in that, how do we get people to bring sort of more raw materials and do light manufacturing 
at the airport to take advantage of that free trade trade zone. So, so there's four sort of pillars that the airport looks at, um, you know, that manufacturing piece, the agricultural piece, the technology piece, and then sustainability. And, and that's kind of how we want to see that growth occur, if that um, answers your question. Yeah, it does. And, uh, you know, every time I hear something new, I think about how big a lot of these challenges are that the airport is playing a hand in solving. So I didn't know about the solar farm and I think that's phenomenal and I'm excited to see how that grows. If you were to kind of break it down or, or cull it to the the biggest aspiration that the airport has for innovation, a kind of the, the most blue sky opportunity that you are pursuing or hope to see happen, what would that be? Mm, yeah. And, and th- this would be Tara's perspective, not necessarily. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just, yeah, I'll, I'll qualify that. So, so when I think about it, I think about multimodal transportation. I, I think, you know, when we think about aircraft, rail, cargo, but you know, all of the drones, right? I, I think we need to be that first true multimodal hub and an integrated hub. You know, why are bags on passenger planes? Why aren't they just on cargo planes? You know, sort of those kinds of ideas, right? Why can't the couriers pick up my bag at home and by the time I get to Hawaii, it's in my room, you know, kind of thing, right? And and again, that would actually free up our ability from an airport to have you clear through there quicker, right? Because you're not checking a bag. We're not doing all of those challenging things. So you can just sort of walk through that security line and get on that plane, right? Um, so, so I think about things like that. I think about, um, you know, a near autonomous building. How do we automate that building through business rules and, and IoT and, and really make it smart? And, and not just the hype smart, but, you know, manage our energy use, you know, communicate with our passenger in a seamless way between the airlines and ourselves and other airports. So, you know, I should be able to walk into the airport, connect to the Wi-Fi. Someone should say, hey, would you like messages? And I should say, yeah, sure, right? And it should know, okay, by the way, your flight gate's just been changed, but you know what, we're running 10 minutes behind. Oh, by the way, we know you like Starbucks. There's your Starbucks is to your left. Oh, and we're seeing congestion at uh, Montreal where you're going. Maybe you want to call your Uber and tell them or not schedule your Uber, you know, for an extra half an hour or something, right? But how do we share that messages between those places to help the passenger? Even even the weather reports, even, you know, all of that kind of stuff, um, I, I think of that. And then when I think about that airport, airtropolis environment, you know, retail is really challenged right now because people have online. But when you go to an airport, it's kind of, well, what else would you like to do? Well, hey, shop or, or do something, enter, have some entertainment. So I think, again, I think of that airtropolis being a really dynamic environment where people actually want to spend time. Right. I don't know if you guys have been to Amsterdam Schiphol, but they yeah, have this wonderful favorite. market. Yeah. And it's it's a shopping mecca, right? It's just beautiful. And and to me, you know, Edmonton could have that. And that's going to drive tourism. And that's going to drive people to choose to come to Edmonton because of that traveling experience. Right. And then they can go to Jasper and then they can, you know, do all kinds of other wonderful things. So just I, I think that's kind of what I think the future is. I think I think people love to travel and and I think we just need to make the airport part of that travel experience, almost a destination in and of itself. I did want to ask you one more question and more about your personal 
motivations for why you want to do this every day. And so, you know, I know a little bit about your background, but what really drives you to do this kind of thinking about the airport in particular? I'd say that at this point in my career, it's all about making a difference and, and creating a legacy and through my teams and through the people that I work with. I, I really get a thrill when I help build a team or coach someone and they go on and do something amazing, right? So if I can contribute by providing a great environment like the airport, by giving them an opportunity to to learn, maybe fail a bit, um, learn some techniques and then go off and, you know, do good to the world, that's really what drives me. And and I'm just so fortunate that the the people at the airport, I think that's part of what's amazing, right? The culture at the airport, it, it truly is the best place I've ever worked. They truly care. And, and so for me, it's all about how can I take a little bit of what I've learned and maybe pass that on so that we create that next generation that's really going to make a difference and solve big problems. That's a great end to our interview with you, Tara. This has been way more than I even expected. And as you know, I'm I'm a fan of the airport. So I already expected to learn a ton from this. But um, I think you have opened our eyes to so much more than we have even been thinking about. And so we could talk about this for hours. And I'm sure you have other important things you need to get to. So I just <laughs> want to thank you for joining us today. And um, I hope we do get to chat with you again. Great. Well, and I hope that I get to meet both of you in person soon. So thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, thank you for uh, letting me talk about the airport. Bloom is brought to you by Innovate Edmonton. Here is a word from our sponsor. Innovate Edmonton, we are elevating our city as a global capital of innovation, a thriving center of inspiration, ingenuity, and growth. Our role is to empower you as local innovators, connecting you to capital and customers, helping you to achieve your goals and make a global impact. We're supporting career-defining jobs for a rapidly changing world where companies, consumers, and investors are looking for a triple bottom line of people, planet, and prosperity. When global investment looks at Edmonton, we can demonstrate an innovation ecosystem working in harmony with healthy access to capital, collaborative communities, and a competitive spirit. Go to InnovateEdmonton.com today to learn how to accelerate your business. So Startup TNT has announced its top 20 for its Clean Tech Investment Summit. And eight Edmonton companies are on the list. Diesel Tech Industries, Element 4 Technologies, Grain Frack, Hydrodyne, Catalytics, Nanod, I'm so sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing that, Battery Technologies, Quantum Silicon Inc., Roshan Water Solutions, and Ruth. The Clean Tech Investment Summit is for clean tech entrepreneurs and innovators that are seeking seed stage funding and that top 20 that are pitching will do that today on February 17th and the summit itself with the top five is going to be happening on April 7th. I like the startup TNT folks. It's like they move really quickly to focus on some of these innovators we've got in different sectors and get them some good funding and good attention and they've got a good vibe like they're just very 
uh, energetic and supportive folks. So um, I'm excited to see what comes out of that uh, investment summit. Yeah, I think they have a lot. It seems like they're just like ramping up more and more how much they have going on. Um, Obviously, the life sciences summit as well happening this spring. And every time you look back at them, it's like there's another sector focused event and obviously trying to raise a lot of different money for across the ecosystem, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of money, the Alberta Machine Intelligence Institute is providing bursaries for AI Week, which is happening in May to draw AI talent to the city. And I spoke with Cam Linke from Amy, and he said that they're hoping to actually bring 500 people here for that week and and provide support for them to to come to Edmonton for that. So an interesting strategy for sure in terms of drawing talent to the city. And it's not just uh, talent that they're hoping to bring. I, my understanding is they're hoping to attract actual companies as well. So perhaps woo them to to come and set up their business operations in Edmonton or Alberta. Oh, that's interesting. So they're essentially kind of covering all the expenses for these companies and these people to come to Edmonton for AI Week. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's an interesting strategy. I um, I mean, I guess I've seen that when it comes to like, you know, trying to attract big companies here, like we saw, we've seen that in the past. And, um, you know, it, it works well sometimes for a period of time, and then it fizzles out for those companies or they end up leaving. So I'm curious to know how they came up with the strategy and who they're working with to kind of make sure that these people get the best Edmonton experience possible. And I'm curious to know how this turns out. You know, maybe we can invite Cam or someone from the team uh, to chat with us, you know, maybe in June or something to kind of comment on the ROI of that. I've not heard of this type of strategy before, but sounds interesting. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be definitely intriguing to see how much payoff there is in terms of uh, people actually being, you know, motivated to to come here after being here for the week. Obviously, Edmonton is great, and I love Edmonton. Um, so it'd be great if people do choose to set up. But like you said, I wasn't aware, you know, of that history in terms of like there's maybe been examples in the past of um, that kind of fizzling out or, or companies moving away. So maybe that is also where the emphasis needs to be in terms of like, sure, we attract companies here and we attract talent here, but like what actually keeps them here and keeps them motivated to stay. That next step is is certainly an important one as well. Well, you know, and in the past, maybe the problem has been providing too many business incentives for a company. And maybe once those expire, people leave. So if this strategy is focused on the people within those companies or within post-secondaries or whatever, maybe that's something they feel will be more effective and easier to actually you know, make those connections and have people stick around for longer. I love Edmonton too. So I hope, I hope they do stay. And the University of Alberta hosted a virtual introduction of Plug and Play Alberta earlier this week uh, to introduce them to the university's innovation community and the greater innovation community in Edmonton and the region. Plug and Play talked about the accelerator programs they're offering here in Alberta. And uh, if you are interested, they're currently accepting applications. All right. Well, that is it for Bloom this week. If you haven't already, please hit subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes. And you can always visit taprootedmonton.ca as well. Bloom is produced by Taproot Edmonton with editing by Castria. Our music is by Dave Von Beaker and cover art by Vicky Wersinski.